Hi, you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Rachel Colson. Rachel leads communications at Coda. In this episode, we talk about repurposing content, media training in between the lines of personal and professional brand, and Dory, the fish from Nemo. In just a few minutes, you'll hear Rachel talk about the importance of rituals at Coda. It's part of the company identity. In my day job, I help businesses think about the role that audio can play in employee engagement and culture building. I see internal podcasts play an increasingly critical role in executive communications, sales enablement, and onboarding. Audio is authentic. Without a visual bias, it invites more people into the conversation. You can go a little longer, you can go a little bit deeper, and its portability is perfectly matched for today's distributed and virtual workforce. Go for a walk, pick your kids up at school. But rituals, Rachel hits it on the head. Rituals are the culture and great rituals build great teams. It's what we're about. It's how we start the day. It's how we finish the week. It's how we conduct meetings and unique to Coda. It's how we use the product. Podcasts on how deals got won or internal thought leadership are great, but podcasts about your rituals, your purpose, your promise, how your culture manifests itself and how your customers perceive you. Wow. Honestly, I never really thought about it that way. Venly is an audio platform for business, and we believe that your audio content should live where you do business. Are you a Slack culture? Notion, SharePoint, do you use Coda? Venly enables you to securely and privately share audio content into the flow of work, all with robust listener insights. Are you curious about how audio might play a role in how you communicate rituals? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y dot C-O. And now, the excellent Rachel Colson. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Rachel Colson oversees public relations and communications at Coda, the all-in-one doc for teams. While at Coda, she has seen the company through two fundraising rounds, the launch of monetization and the expansion of a product now used by more than 25,000 teams globally. Prior to joining Coda, she worked at the Outcast Agency with clients including Facebook, Spotify, Amazon, HBO, and Etsy, a bunch of nobodies. Before that, she worked across the consumer, enterprise, and clean technology sectors at Edelman and Grayling. Rachel, thanks again for being with me. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. For those that aren't familiar, what is Coda? How is it different from Google Docs, for example? Coda is an all-in-one doc. What I mean by that is that it combines the best of documents, spreadsheets, and applications in one place, and it connects to other workplace software you use every day. The idea is that you can get started the same way you would with Microsoft Word or Google Docs, just jotting down notes on a page. But when you're ready to expand from there, let's say going from note-taking to planning in a spreadsheet, maybe even setting up automated Slack reminders, there's no need to switch tabs or tools because you can do everything from one place. So what makes it different is it's more flexible and customizable than what you would find in a standard document. Um, and at Coda, we like to say it's a low floor, high ceiling tool. So there's a low barrier to entry since it's a familiar start, but there aren't really limits around where you take it from there. And because it's super horizontal, there's a variety of use cases from personal trip planning to small businesses running operations or big companies like Uber planning their product launches in Coda. So we're living in a world where work and personal brand separation is non-existent and speaking opportunities are available and at times ambiguous. So for example, you're on this podcast, is this work, is this personal? 
how do you work with employees to be good ambassadors when they're not actually official spokespeople of the company? And is there logic in doing like media training for non-executives and have that go a little bit farther down the org chart? The lines are definitely fluid these days. It's almost impossible to have a personal brand that's 100% removed from your professional brand. And at the same time, traditional news sources are obviously not the only place we get trusted information. So all of this adds some complexity for comms folks, but I think it provides new opportunities too. My approach is to keep traditional channels traditional, so nothing changes there. Only an exec on our speaker bench is speaking with reporters. But for those in-between opportunities, I have two guiding principles. First, don't be a blocker of your own goals. As a growing startup, awareness is still a primary goal, and we want to reach a lot of people. So I don't want to be the reason that someone doesn't hear about CODA. At the same time, CODA employees, we call them CODINs, are some of our most passionate users, and they're plugged into relevant audiences, so why not embrace that with a few guardrails? The second guiding principle is to establish norms and prep based on the size of the opportunity. I work with CODINs to help them understand some fundamentals, and then make sure we stay in communication to vet opportunities and prepare. If code is going to be mentioned, I don't want anyone going rogue and doing their own thing. And, you know, fundamentals can be things like honing their personal expertise and ensuring they don't feel pressured to speak about things outside of their purview or the more tactical things like describing the company on first mention. And so far it's worked really well with things like virtual events, webinars, smaller podcasts, and helped us lean into our strengths. And one of the long-term benefits to answer your question about training is that once they've done several of these, they're really easy to prep for bigger opportunities down the road. And from a feedback perspective, I really like to provide small nudges or improvements that are tailored to the size of the op and meets them where they are as a speaker. All of this takes practice and it's kind of about getting reps in. So sharing bite-sized feedback that someone can internalize and incorporate for the next time is key. If it's not a full-blown major op, we're not doing full-blown media training either. One practice that you've developed at Coda is thinking creatively about how to best repurpose existing content. So for example, a piece of consumer marketing collateral might also live as employer branding collateral. Can you walk through how these decisions are made editorially and maybe what type of alignment needs to be built internally to best determine where that next channel of distribution is? I can talk about the alignment all day. We actually have a pretty geeky term for it called eigen questions that I can get into if you want to, but it really comes down to less about a decision-making situation on a case-by-case basis and really understanding what are our primary goals? Who's our primary audience? What are the primary messages we're trying to communicate? And then how can we just rinse and repeat wherever possible? We're still a growing team. I'm a person of one. So it boils down to how can we feed two birds with one seed? And so as an example, um, I've been really looking at how we can effectively repurpose content and not feeling beholden to where that is in the, in the marketing mix. So there was a blog post written by our head of growth probably more than a year ago at this point. And he just talked about how he likes to measure his time spent and monitor it the same way that he's measuring and monitoring his own finances. He has a background in finance and also feels really passionate about this because time is the one resource that we will never get more of. So we might as well treat it like the precious commodity that it is. And then when work from home started and the idea of work-life balance and 
time felt like a, a social construct. It was like everything was topsy-turvy. I thought about revisiting that post, updating it with him to make it relevant for the current era, and then turned around and pitched that as a byline that later got placed. So it's something that was really written once, updated later, and then has, has been able to reach not only current users on our blog and, and pr- prospective users, but a much broader audience in a media outlet as well. When we connected before this, you used the word ritual when describing the company culture. Ritual has a real spiritual heft to it. What do you mean by rituals when describing culture and employee expectations? So rituals actually comes from an investor and entrepreneur, Bing Gordon, who said that every company has them and they have three criteria. First, they are named. Second, they are templated. And third, every employee knows them by the end of their first week. And this concept is something that Coda's co-founder and CEO, Shashir Marotra, first talked about on Reid Hoffman's podcast, Masters of Scale, but has since expanded to be something that we're really focused on and interested in as a company. Um, And the reason that rituals are so important is because they can inform uh, your company culture and your company culture can also inform your rituals. So if you have great rituals in place, you can also have a really effective team. And so in terms of employee expectations, there's a bit of on-the-job learning, but one of the biggest rituals at Coda is what we call Dory. It's named after the fish who asks all the questions in Finding Nemo. And essentially, at most meetings, when there's time to ask questions or share feedback, we don't just open up the floor to anyone who who has a question. People add their questions to a voting table and then can upvote various questions so that the first thing we address address as as a group has the most questions. And what this does is it helps equalize the audience so that we're not just relying on the loudest voice in the room. And it also means we're more effective because we're not spending too much time on an irrelevant question. It's something that is shared by most people. And that also really maps back to our company culture where we promote transparency and understanding that great ideas and big meaty questions can come from anyone and just really an efficient way to do things. I'm gonna get you out on this question. When we read your bio, you helped introduce monetization and there was fundraising uh, announcements that were made. But as a communicator, how do you convey these rituals as part of the company's communications mix? Because it's different than a feature announcement or, or you know, being written up in Forbes about a big uh, fundraise. It's a really unique way to tell the company's story to customers and to prospective employees. What type of angle, is there a best practice that you've developed in demonstrating how the company culture is communicated externally? One of the beauties of this idea behind rituals is that it's not really about uh, just CODA's rituals. It's about embracing, understanding, and, and sharing other company rituals. And that actually perfectly maps back to kind of the point of CODA, which is, um, you know, with other software apps, you're essentially buying that company's specific perspective on how to get something done. And with CODA, the reason that it's so flexible and customizable is so that you can create whatever you want. So if you have a unique ritual, you should be able to create an exact workflow or system that maps back to your perspective because you are the expert at what you do and not CODA and not some other 
packaged app. And so we've spent a lot of time examining rituals at other companies, and that's come through in the form of show and tell dinners. Um, we actually had our user conference called Block Party earlier this month. Um, and the entire theme was around rituals of great teams. We had an awesome lineup of speakers come in from Stripe, from Pinterest um, to talk about their team's rituals. But a big place where this shines is in our doc gallery, which is where anyone who uses Coda can publish a doc and they can share their perspective. They can uh, publish a doc with varying levels of interactivity. So. For example, the Dory is a published doc that someone can go in and, and they can copy that template and start using it right away. But we also have people publishing docs that read more like a blog post where they're sharing their rituals and the foundations of how they arrived at them and the lessons learned. So it's really about tackling it at a lot of different levels. But in some ways, our doc gallery is, is not just a place to share case studies or templates. It is a destination to learn about how other people are thinking about things and and how they're approaching their own work strange and hurtful that i wasn't invited to speak at block party next to stripe <laughs> and all the other executives i am joined today by rachel colson of coda rachel thank you so much for all your time and your wisdom today really appreciate it thanks again for having me we'll have you on at our next block party there's always next year right that's right <laughs>